podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you are listening to this podcast, you may also enjoy my other show, Red Inca. It's a podcast about stories and issues in cricket, told by the experts who have followed it or the people who've lived them. We've had Dan Norcross talking about cricket commentary, Wright Thompson on his Sachin Tendulkar piece, and a bunch of cricketers like Andrew Balburnie, Tamal Mill, Sean Masood, and Alex Hartley. It's a weekly podcast with a different theme for every show. Got him. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Look at that smile from DJ Bravo. And again, the classic slower one. Oh, a ball is ball him. Slower ball, you little beauty. Softened Andrew Strauss up. Fantastic bounces the over before, and now the Yorker could have been a slower ball. Brilliance from Brett Lee. It was the slower ball. Reed 78 mile an hour, and you just see it spinning out like an off cutter. Bowling, superb change of pace, a gem of a delivery. Received with a change of pace, right at the stumps, and the big breakthrough comes. Campbell Queen Bowl for 21. Brian Hardy was opening the batting for Essex in the Benson and Hedges final of 1989, a 55-over tournament where they faced Nottinghamshire. At the other end was Graham Gooch. Hardy struggled to get off the mark when he saw what appeared like a beamer, and then he ducked. The ball eventually bounced near him, deviated from outside off, and hit the stumps. The bowler was Franklin Stevenson, and this was his slower ball. Me and Malinga, we together decided that we will... Go for that slower option because knowing Shardul, you know, he would try to play a big shot and there might be a chance that, you know, he could just sky it up. Again, it could have gone either way. You know, he could have just middled the ball, it could have cleared the ground also. But at that point, you have to be brave, take those crucial decisions. So we decided that we'll go for that slower ball no matter what happens. If they get it, they get it. If they don't, then probably we have a chance there to win the game. Welcome to Double Century. This week, we look at slower balls. Bowlers have been delivering balls of slightly slower pace since cricket began. It's not a new thing. One obvious weapon has always been the subtle changes in pace. Back when cutters were a major part of a bowler's plans, they had these balls that naturally slowed down. But with limited overs coming in, these deliveries have become weaponized and they're, well, everywhere. So we look back at the history of one of cricket's modern marvels, the slower ball. Recently, I was writing a piece on slower balls, and I sent a message to my editor saying, isn't it weird that we write them as slower balls, but we say slower balls? They are talked about so often, and yet discussed so little. Oh, it's bowling. Just never saw it. And Cairns has got through Reed's defences. May have been the slower ball. Whatever it was, it was extremely effective. Reed has gone in embarrassing circumstances. Franklin Stevenson was mentioned in the last episode about West Indies cricket. He was really good. His career had 12 first-class hundreds to go with his bowling average of 24. Once he decided to be part of the Rebel Tour, he was ostracised from the West Indies. So instead, he played first-class cricket in Australia, South Africa and England. And it was in England that he made this invention. He would be asked to bowl very long spells, as the professionals often were, and he looked for ways to conserve his energy. And one was to bowl off-spin and fire in the odd quicker ball. Then he flipped that method around and started bowling these off-cutting, off-spinning slower balls when he bowled quick. At the time, it was referred to as a moon ball, but now it's called a cutter or a 
off-cutter slowable. But it's not an off-cutter in the normal sense. It's really halfway between an off-cutter and an off-spinner. It's gone on to be the most prevalent slower ball, largely because of how easy it is to bowl. Stevenson's was incredible because of the revs he got on the ball. While he deceived some batsmen by just being slower or the turn it got off the wicket, it was the way it felt like it was coming at you that made it very hard to play. That isn't what most bowlers do. For most, it's a change of pace, a drop of around 15%, and most batsmen can pick it. It's just that they aren't set for it, and rolling your fingers over a ball will allow for some turn. But there have obviously been experts in it. Batsmen often say that they think Dwayne Bravo's slow ball is about to hit them in the head before it drops around their feet. Lassif Malinga has an incredible drop on his, perhaps aided by his low arm action. And Mustafiza Rahman and Pat Brown managed to bowl them without losing much pace, but getting sideways movement. And then there is a bowler like Ben Lachlan who has the ability to get drift with his. My favourite thing about this ball is its simplicity and longevity. Many slower balls have faded, but this is one that a kid could bowl, and yet it sticks with us almost 40 years later. Hello guys, welcome to our new episode. Today's episode, we are going to talk about how to fix the back of the handball. This is a whole video, so let's go and show you. वैक ऑफ द हैंड बॉल फेंकते हुए जो सबसे पहले बात आती है वो है कि बॉल को कैसे ग्रिप करते हैं तो मैं बताता हूं कि आपको बॉल बैक ऑफ द हैंड फेंकने से पहले बॉल को कैसे ग्रिप करना समटाइम इन द मिड 1980स प्रोबेब्ली नॉट लॉन्ग आफ्टर स्टीवेंसन्स इन्वेंशन साइमन ओडोनेल बॉल्ड अ बॉल दैट वेंट इवन हायर एंड ड्रॉप्ड मोर सेविजली द बैक ऑफ द हैंड स्लो बॉल हैज नॉट बीन रिटन अबाउट एज मच एज स्टीवेंसन्स ऑफ कटर एंड आई हैव ट्राइड टू गेट इन टच विद ओडोनेल डायरेक्टली बट ही नेवर रिस्पोंडेड My guess is it's a ball that came out of Melbourne club cricket. Victoria and Melbourne specifically was a hotbed for reverse swing in the 70s. And club cricketers I have talked to from Melbourne seem to suggest that they saw the back of the hand slow ball before O'Donnell used it. But it was O'Donnell who perfected it at the pro level. O'Donnell was another all-rounder, but he was a better bat than Stevenson, but not as good a bowler. Despite being a big strong guy, he also played Australian rules football. He wasn't that quick. So he needed another trick to his bowling. That is where the back of the hand slow ball comes in. It is essentially a slightly changed rungan. This means that the ball has a lot of top spin on it. So it drops and it kicks when it lands. It's also a lot slower, somewhere around 25% off pace. By the 1987 World Cup, Steve Waugh had mastered this delivery, and soon after it moved around the cricket world. In 1990, O'Donnell bowled New Zealand's John Bracewell with a full toss he ducked. This is still one of the easiest balls in cricket to pick. I mean, you would have to be an incredibly blind batsman not to be able to notice the back of the hand. And yet decades later, this ball still makes batsmen look silly. I remember doing analysis with one major batsman and talking about how he played against bowlers who did this regularly. He said picking it was easy, but the ability to switch between modes, to keep your shape and to handle the dip and the spin was tough, especially when the ball before it had been quicker. And because you kind of have to be set for the quicker ball, it's always just that little bit trickier. Hey guys, here's a slow ball for the fast bowlers out there to try. So this one's called the split finger. Okay, so instead of holding the ball normally, two fingers either side of the seam, thumb on the seam, what we do is split our middle and forefinger. Okay, and that creates a really tight grip on the ball. I'm going to assume that not many of you have read Fred Spotter's book. Actually, calling it a book is a bit of a stretch. It's a small collection of articles called The Demon Speaks. 
Recollections and Reminiscences. In it, Spotheth talks about trying to work out how he was swinging the ball by looking at another sport. On carefully watching baseball, I learnt a great deal. And after careful study, I came to the conclusion that what is now known as the swerve would not help my average or wicket-taking. For the following reasons, I do not believe anyone bowling, as it is usual, 21 yards or less, can get the swerve unless he over-pitches the ball. And this over-pitching is going to be expensive. Spoffus wasn't talking about slow balls. He was talking about swerve, or swing bowling as we would call it today. But the way he looked up all these things about how the ball moved and why he had to over-pitch it came from baseball, because Spoffus had already started to note that baseballers were moving the ball in the air the same that he was. That was probably the first time that baseball was involved in cricket, but obviously not the last time. Adam Holyoke, the England ODI captain and an all-rounder in the 90s, he went to baseball as well, but it wasn't so much him that made the bigger impact. It was Glenn McGrath bowling split-finger slow balls that really was quite a big deal. And the story that I was told, and again, I did try and get hold of Glenn McGrath to see if this was true, but I couldn't quite verify it. But as legend has it, Dave Nielsen, an Australian catcher with the Milwaukee Brewers in the MLB, who was an all-star, so an incredible player, passed on information to the Australian bowlers about why they could use these deliveries themselves. But whether it was Hollyoak or Nielsen or just something else, McGrath started using it. And for a little while, this split-finger slow ball was all the rage. A bit like Limp Biscuit or Furbies, they didn't last that long. But a split-finger slow ball allowed for the ball to go at maximum arm velocity, but with less of an obvious change for the off-cutter or the back-of-the-hand slow ball. It was often spooned to mid-on or mid-off, so much so that they kind of became catching positions. But few players could deliver it well. It was a hard ball to deliver once, let alone consistently. And there are also the finger tells, which sounds like a really bad band, but I will explain. A keen-eyed ball-watching batsman, and being a keen-eyed ball-watching batsman is kind of what makes batsmen really good, they could see that there were fingers just out on the side of the ball as it was coming over. And once that ball was picked, it didn't do as much in the air. It was just a slow ball. It didn't spit, spin, or fizz, and there was no real holding up. It was wobbleless, and it contained no magical drop. These split fingers allowed a bowler to deliver the ball at club cricketer's pace, slow, medium, and straight, which is fine right up until the moment the batsmen work it out. That is like asking your friend who opens the bowling in club cricket to deliver to a top professional. It's still bold now, but very rarely, and very few use it as their main go-to slow ball. Beautiful delivery, the leg cutter. You don't have to ask the question when you bowl deliveries like that. That was a beauty. Sachi Dali, comprehensively bowled by Malcolm Marshall. He went in right up close. The board just moved away a little bit and down goes the off stump. That's very well bowled. And so that's the end of Sachi Dali. Two for 17. My hottest take in cricket is that leg cutters are bullshit. I can't think of anything that happens so little in top flight cricket and is mentioned more often. Almost every time a ball seems away from a right-hander, we say leg cutter. But it's usually when a ball has just hit the seam. I think part of this is because people like saying leg cutter, leg cutter. A leg cutter is a very deliberate act, and it's all in the fingers. The problem with the leg cutter in red ball cricket was their lack of pace. It's a very hard skill to let the ball deviate enough to take the edge and still carry through to the keeper in cordon. On covered and wet wickets, it was a great ball because you get that little bit more purchase without losing that pace. 
That often meant that it was more of a club or first-class ball, as the wickets are just better and less likely to assist it at test level. It's also just a really hard skill to do. So at test level, it probably faded away unless you're a digital genius like Dennis Early, Malcolm Marshall, or Venkatesh Prasad. But just of recent times, it's had a comeback because of its use in white ball cricket. And the leg cutter does two incredibly important things. It does take the pace off the ball, and it moves away from the outside edge of a right-handed batsman. I wouldn't say it's one bowler who's brought it back, but Jofra Archer, Kyron Pollard, and Keswick Williams all deliver it. What I like about it coming back is there are lots of things from old cricket that may make these comebacks now, and not just because of nostalgia, but because cricketers need to keep ahead of the game, and sometimes that's finding something that we've almost abandoned. Step one, get a grip. The trick to throwing the knuckleball is to push it towards home plate with as little rotation as possible. The knuckleball is thrown by digging your middle, index, and ring fingers into just below the seams of the ball. Now for the wind-up. The knuckleball is a weird part of baseball. Most of the pitchers who use it almost exclusively use it. They are knuckleball pitchers. And there's been less than 50 of them in the history of major leagues. Yet in cricket, at the professional level, there seems to be almost already 50 knuckleball bowlers, and none of them use it exclusively. Mark Butcher told me he used the delivery in club cricket in the early 90s. Adam Holyoke also bowled one. Zahir Khan then used his the most, but in mainstream cricket, it never really landed. It's just an incredible ball, and perhaps it just needed T20 cricket for the constant slogging to make it more attractive. I don't want to get too sciencey on you, but the genius of this ball is that it doesn't rotate backwards like all other deliveries, which means it acts really odd. Players say it wobbles, but what baseball has shown is that it just acts differently to other balls, which probably makes it feel alien. It actually quite often spins forward, and sometimes it doesn't spin at all. What we've seen is bang ordinary seamers like Andrew Ty change their entire careers with it. Benny Howell has become the best slow-medium bowler probably in the history of the world, certainly of recent times, and you already see spinners like Sunil Narayan starting to pick it up. My guess is that most finger spinners in the world will try this as a key variation in the years to come. And if it wasn't so hard to bowl, most seamers would try it as well. This is a delivery that can be hard to pick, but more often it's just hard to play. It doesn't behave like any cricket ball before it at all. And this pitch that was barely used in baseball might end up becoming one of the most important deliveries in cricket going into the future. Oh, they like it. Fallen, given. What a breakthrough. Jasper Bumrah. You are brilliant. Goal, great delivery. Malinga, Malinga. Absolutely went right through the defences of Brad Haddon. Malinga, Malinga, up goes the finger. Soft ball, too good. Here we're not happy. Oh, he's laughing. Beaten by the change of pace. Bentley's very impressed with that one. He likes that. <laughs> wow, that's a beauty. That's got to be plumb. What a slower ball. I said the best slower balls dip on you. It came, it looked like it came slightly higher out of the hand, the trajectory of it. And you can see the batsman is expecting it to come a lot higher. There are other slower balls out there. Some consider the cross seamer to be one. Essentially, instead of having the seam straight down the pitch, you have it horizontal. Older bowlers still swear by the back of the palm ball, and there is a new creation out there called the bunny ball, and there will be more. Benny Howe tells me he makes up a new slower ball about every eight to nine minutes. I talk to bowlers who are coming up with things all the time. 
Also, as cricketers come from more varied backgrounds and as the game truly becomes global, you might find newer deliveries coming into the game. But recently I was watching some old clips of Jeff Thompson bowling. He was a man known for being the fastest ever, and yet the clip I saw he seemed to be bowling an off-cutter slow ball. On the commentary, Richie Benno even called it a slow ball, although he certainly said slower ball. So it's not like they didn't exist before, it's just now they're taking over. Double Century is a podcast based on my book, Test Cricket, The Unauthorised Biography. It is written and narrated by me, Jared Kimber. Nick McCorriston makes the entire thing exist, and our fact-checkers are Bertie Moores and Abhishek Mukherjee. This podcast is made possible by the people who support us at Patreon, so please help out there if you can. The links are in the show notes, thanks to everyone who already does. This is our first season, and there will be 11 episodes in all, so please help share and review to get this podcast out there. Thank you for listening. Podcast Network.